You're listening to the Short Shift Podcast, proud member of the Black and Gold Podcast Network. You can support the show by leaving a comment and five-star rating on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Player FM, Google Podcasts, or any of your favorite podcast platforms. Cynically acclaimed, incredibly online. And now your hosts, Thomas Nystrom, Andrew Johnson, and Ian Bonner. Enjoy the show. Give me a strong eyed folks. Howdy, y'all. <laughs> That's Whoa, not what I said. No. <laughs> Andrew is back. That's my bit, man. <laughs> Andrew's back from Nashville. Andrew, how was it, dude? I, I've talked about the Predators so many times on this podcast. I know you go down there and you fall in love. You didn't even get to go to a game and you still saw what I saw. Man, it really hits home how piss poor Boston is in marketing their own team. All right, say something nice about Nashville before you just immediately start shitting on Boston. Like, damn. Well, this is leading into the really nice thing. Everyone is marketed over there. Like, I I don't want to say like, you know, the old Incredibles line, if everybody's a big deal, nobody is. But everybody gets their time. And it's really really refreshing to see especially when you're uh, i stayed i stayed um about across the street from bridgestone arena and signs everywhere everything was predators the farther down you go broadway more predators jerseys more predators signage more welcome to smashville more of all of more of all of that stuff talking to people around nashville i had more than one person tell me that the predators are bigger than the titans over there that's a that's a deal that's a big deal um nashville does it well they market their team they market their players perfectly and they give them like going through the pro shop the array the range of players but seriously, Nashville is fantastic. Um, hockey can work in the South and they're the blueprint. Having lived there for almost eight years or right around eight years when I was down there, it was noticeable how much the the, the team marketed mm-hmm. and it, it goes a long way. Honestly, it was a very inclusive fan base. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, Boston doesn't necessarily have to do that because it's just a given that people are going to show up to those games and they're right. going to do their thing. But uh Slightly you still different. would like to see a little more effort, you know what I a mean? A little bit, a little bit yeah. more, but it is what it is. But I'm, I'm glad you had a good time down there. Uh, uh, but yeah, Boston's got the, the built-in fan base. Uh, not always necessarily the most positive fan base, but yeah, I would say the Predators probably have a little bit more optimistic view of their team. We'll get into that from a Bruins perspective in a little bit, but let's start talking about some of the better things that we saw this weekend. We had that whole week off, and then we jumped out. And we smacked the Flyers 5-2. Lots of good things from this game. Omar had a solid game. Forbort. No, no, no. Hang on. Scoreboard. Yeah. Boo. Yeah. It's four-bort. Or four-bork? 
I don't know. I saw a lot of these names jumping around. It's all of it's terrible, but like, yeah, it's pretty bad. Think of they how also- positive, how positive everybody was on Saturday, and that completely got flipped the next day. But um, one of the notes that I have here is Zaboro continues impressive <laughs> play, dude. Give me one good reason why Zaboro's not in this lineup. He looks like a top four defenseman right now. This is a storyline I wasn't expecting. Give me, give me your honest opinion of of where we're at with Jacob Zaboro right now. We have been, and Thomas, when we started this pod, you and I were kind of on this train a little bit. We knew, we knew this was here in Jakob Zaboral's game. We knew this existed. He's always had, he's always had top four skill. It's just the tools and the toolbox. I've never quite lined up, but it seems like now it's there at least merging closer together. He's looked fluid. He's looked a lot more calm with the puck. He's looked comfortable. I think that's the biggest thing is that he he hasn't looked skittish. He's looked so comfortable on the ice. And this is this is what he is. He's he's a good solid kid who can skate, who can move the puck and who's who's always been very intelligent. It seems like right now he's kind of found it and his this pair with Riley seems to be working. No, I don't see any reason why you don't take Zaboral out right now. He's he did what Cassidy told him to do through the media where he said, "Go take a job." He's done it. Yeah, I mean, I definitely remember having multiple conversations about Zaboral uh in the previous season. Uh just about his tool set Nah, I didn't really think he would put it together, though. Like, I never really felt, like, so positive about the dude that I thought, okay, it's, he's going to come around, he's going to actually put it together. I honestly yeah. thought it was going to happen when he went to another team. But if he wants to do it for this fucking franchise, do it. You're right. We all knew the tools were there. It's just, you know, like I said, tool and toolbox, and nature and nurture kind of thing. Ian, what do you think? It's a small sample size, but the most impressive thing to me is even in the shellacking we took, uh, against the flames, he gets moved over to the right side. And I mean, he just, he just looks really good. And it didn't really matter the circumstances of which side he was playing on. He still looked cerebral, which is just nice to see patient, understand what he needed to do. He cut out a lot of the behind the back bullshit that he was doing, trying to do too much. That he was doing last year. He had streaks like this last year. I want to remind you guys, there are moments where we really liked what we mm-hmm. saw from Zaboro last year too. So am I all in? No, not quite. Do I take him out of the lineup? Absolutely not. Because this is a guy that if you can fill in that third right defenseman slot, fixes a huge need for us. Also, it means the guys behind him, Clifton and Moore and then Ashan and Lyle, like they're all looking at this going, all right, the competition just keeps going up. Like you, the, the, in, the internal competition with this team defensively is really good for them because we sort of know who our top four guys are. I mean, if you consider four board up there, mm-hmm. which I don't, but again, that's a different conversation, but we know the top four, that bottom pairing has a ton of competition for it. That's what makes a team better throughout the season. And it gives those kids confidence too that like if if we keep pushing, we're gonna get the playing time. There yeah. isn't really there isn't really this shows that there isn't like a, a glass ceiling, you know what I mean? 
Yeah. Like a guy like Zaboral, and to a lesser extent, I know this is in defense, a le- to a lesser extent, a guy like Anton Bleed. Where did you guys see this with his play? He's kind of oh. taking some of the shine off of Steen right now for me. Mm-hmm. Whoa! Both dudes, yeah, both, what? Both, just in terms of being competitive and fighting for the same fucking spot right now. But Steen's you know your I mean? boy. Like, Steen. Steen, Steen, is, Steen is this podcast boy. <laughs> like we yes. love we love ourselves some steam but but please fucking jumping up and he's he's making he's making a case for himself to have that role cassidy also, had a real- also similar to what you just said about the defense it's it's good internal competition is good especially with the young dudes mm-hmm. go out and take a job cassidy had a really good quote about bleed um after the game against the flames where he where he kind of heaped praise on the fourth line because they were the only the, the bottom six and the bottom pair def- bottom pair defensemen were the only ones that showed up basically. But he said about bleed that he's here because people don't like him. <laughs> he annoys people. And there was a there, there's a um, clip out there of him and Marshawn going into the corner in a puck battle and beating the piss out of each other and them bringing each other up and Marshawn being like, good, good job, man. Good job. Good job. And that's what he brings. Like he's a four A guy. Is he skilled enough to stick in the AHL in the NHL? Probably not, but this is how he makes his hay. He's a pain in the ass and he's going to be in every corner and he's not really much of a fighter, but he doesn't have to be. He's tough in other ways. He's, he's looked great. He has looked great. And I did not see this coming. The, the four check has improved on that fourth line with him, which is nice to see. Mm-hmm. I already thought the four check was looking pretty good. Uh, yeah. I think bleed look again, like you said, is he going to stick? Probably not. You don't take him out right now. But if that competition is created in that bottom six and it continues that way, I mean, that means when Steen comes up, when Frederick gets back, when Kuhlman comes in, these guys, are they have to empty the fucking bucket or else there's another guy waiting in the wings who will do that for a four game span. I don't, again, I don't need the bottom six scoring all that much. Bleed actually kind of helps that with the four check that we might put a few more in. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Frederick, has this kind of put him on shaky ground? Yes. I'm not a big fan. Yeah. The simple answer is, is probably yes, but mm-hmm. I'm not obviously a big fan of somebody losing their job due to injury. Mm-hmm. But man, when somebody goes out there and does what they're asking you to do and they do it better, and then there's a second guy who comes in and does it better. Not a good the argument. Yeah. The, arg- the argument gets a lot easier to make to say that Freddie lost his spot there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is unfortunate because we've we've said multiple times this season, Freddie has stepped up. Freddie has done the things that we needed to see him do that we talked about all offseason. Every time his name came up, he has been better. He's still not doing exactly what we need, but he's he's finding that role. He gets hurt. It's unfortunate. And he might have lost his job at least a little bit, but we'll see for the we'll time being too. for the time. Being. It's, it's not something that again is locked in. There's going to be ebbs and flows. There's going to be other injuries. Unfortunately, uh, in a perfect world, we could just have a team and just be locked in and like, all right, that's our guys. What I have a bigger question for is how many people do you have ahead of Freddie right now? So right now bleed is in. So let's, let's pretend we all like, we like bleed more. We don't not pretend we're saying that we like bleed more right now. Who else is ahead of Freddie? when he returns from injury. Steen. Yeah. 
Coleman, even though, even though he's in the minors, it's, I'd say Steen. Coleman, I, I think, is Coleman. a Coleman's kind of a different case for me. Coleman's a different player. I think Bleed and Freddie are more stylistically similar, as mm-hmm. is Steen and Freddie. I would say that Freddie's ahead of Coleman. He would be ahead of Steen by level alone. But I think if if Steen keeps producing in the AHL, he's going to force that hand. Yeah, he's putting up some crazy points right now. Mm-hmm. And Bleed, again, is doing what Freddie's role is, but much better. Mm-hmm. Let's kind of call a spade a spade here. So I definitely would put Bleed ahead of Freddie. And I would put Steen kind of on the same level as Freddie. But Steen is trending upward. Yeah. in that regard all that said when freddie does get back i still want to see him get right back into some minutes mm-hmm. because i want to see the continuation because mm-hmm. if this team's going to succeed we need players like freddie to step up we need freddie to be somebody that we can depend on injuries injuries happen man it's it sucks but uh it's it's a good problem to have if we have three dudes who we really want to put in one spot and we we have to just flip a coin or roll some dice just to try to figure out who the hell that guy's that guy's going to be each night. Yeah. I like our bottom six. I really do like our bottom six. People talked about it all year, the lack of production from them up until this week. I just their underlying numbers are good. They're forechecking hard. I think this is a championship bottom six. I really do. I think there's other holes elsewhere, but we have we have done some good work on the depth. And imagine when Foligno gets added back to the bottom six. Yeah. Because I don't think he's a permanent solution down there or up there at the, uh, at the second right wing. Yeah. I, I've had, I've, I, I love Foligno. I really do. I've had just about enough of him up there. Yeah. I mean, he's not been a complete waste of space. But no, but I, honestly, he's not who he is. Of, well, he's bringing a lot of energy to a non-traditional energy line. You know right. what I mean? So that's his value is not going to be, at the two, it's going to mm-hmm. be in the three. Right. And exactly. When he's back down there, it's going to just make us look that much deeper. Mm-hmm. Somebody else who we recently got back, uh, who had a fantastic game on Saturday, was Craig Smith. Right. He, uh, he, old he, self. Looked, he looked as healthy as he's been all season, and that was really nice to see. His his beautiful snipe. Mm-hmm. Loved it. Loved seeing that out of him. He, he was a noticeable guy on the ice on Saturday. He was flying. Dude... We need we need that kind of energy out of him consistently because I will say a couple of weeks ago when he came back from that initial injury, he had that one game where he was like looking like somebody set his ass on fire and then he was out again. So it does seem like it's going to be a maintenance issue with him right yeah. now. They have not disclosed what's bugging him, no. which is interesting. But I wonder if we're facing a coil situation last year where you're like, does he need a surgery? And he's just trying to fight through the season. Yep. And I, I don't know, maybe, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. That's actually kind of on top of the Foligno point, Foligno belongs on the bottom six. But when we acquired Smith, the conversation, I still believe this, he's an elite third liner. He's a great, great third liner and a eh, okay second liner. Hmm. I don't want to see Smith back up with Coyle and Hall. But then who do you put on the second right wing if you knock Foligno down? Oscar Steen, baby, let's go. Okay, well, <laughs> uh, Jesus. I, I still like, I would still like to see more of Stanika Coil on the right, Hall on left, uh, but that's just me. That's, I, we're, we're getting deep into stuff again that we don't have to be. But. Yeah. I can't, I can't, I can't do, I can't abide by Stanika on the wing, though. Well, that's what I said. I said Coil on the wing. 
Oh, I see. Okay, yeah. I see. I see. All right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I kind of agree with you. Smith in the in the third line is it, you don't get much better than that. Yeah. He's capable of playing the second line. He's he's able to in a pinch play first line. He has that type of skill set. He just doesn't belong there. He had a stretch for about about maybe like forty percent of the year last year where he was at a point per game clip. Yeah, yeah, kind of he really he put a lot of egg on my face. That uh, kind of forget that. Yeah, there was twenty games in, and I had a video where I was like, "Smith, what the hell? Like, we got you, and we're all excited about you. You haven't done shit." And then he scored like four games in a row. He had a goal or something like that. And I was like, "Okay, yeah. I'll I'll stop." Now. If I Thank remember correctly, if I remember correctly, this is just stats off the top of my head, but I'm pretty sure he had a twenty four game stretch where he had twenty four points last year. That sounds right. It yeah. sounds right. But yeah. th- I guess w- why I brought all that up is to say that we're talking about that 2C, that 2C, what we need at the deadline. I think a 2C or maybe just a second line right winger. Mm-hmm. Like wingers are cheaper than centers. I don't, not really upset with Coyle's play lately. I, don't I, know. Think, Coyle, I think Coyle has been, hasn't been crazy. So he's taken some flack. But in a vacuum, if we're actually looking at his play and not trying to compare him to, to anybody, he's scoring at about a 45-point clip, which is, which is about a mid-tier second-line center. Would you, uh, would you mind an upgrade? Would you like to be spoiled? By, like you said, um, Ian, would you like to be spoiled by David Krejci having 1C production on the 2C? Absolutely. Who wouldn't? But I'm not hating what I'm seeing out of Coil. I don't think anybody really should. You know what else we're kind of seeing? Hmm. You look at the offseason and you look at the players who were available in quotations at 2C. There was no one available that would fill in Krejci's spot. Everyone would be complaining about whoever we got for that yeah. spot. Remember there was Christian no one Dvorak. available. Dvorak, yes. Dvorak's look, been awful. Yeah, go look at Dvorak, everybody. It's <laughs> and I'm not I'm not trying to, to rewrite history here. I know we all were looking at, at two C's, but in hindsight, now you can kind of go, man, we've been complaining about anybody uh, that we were talking about. Yeah. Oh, we'll get to that, Ian. We were talking about just the grinding element of uh, of Blee's game, uh, just the fourth line in general. The sequence that led to the Thomas Nosek goal, uh, goal was literally everything I like about Bruins hockey. Mm-hmm. Four checking, grinding down on the boards, fourth line doing peak fourth line things. The backhand lift for the roof finish. Like, he... <laughs> It was just fucking beautiful, man. Like that was literally that was the highlight of my weekend. Was watching he, that one possession. He's got some scoring touch, Nosek, and his foot to forehand and backhand flips it over. It's Lazar with that forecheck, man. Yeah. Every time he's always in on it and bleed with a second wave. They are in a fucking split second. Mm-hmm. I was really impressed with that play too. I liked that a lot. Um, mm-hmm. I like how we we did gloss over the four board goals. We, we got yeah. to talking about everything else. No, like, we we, eh. we I think we gave him his due. We gave him yeah. his nicknames. I think he's fine now. And how long does he stay at four goals? <sighs> I'll set the over under at 35 more games. <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking the over on that. <laughs> uh, I'm happy that he's scoring. I hope it continues. I don't, this isn't going to continue. Like but it's, it's just, it's like, but all of these plays where he's scoring, he gets the puck in the red sea parts, but he also hits the shot. Well, he like, does. He, I he give, it's like you give anybody, you give any NHL player that kind of room. Yeah. What do you want them to do? Derek Fulbert is an NHL player. He's one of the top thousand players in the world. 
Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Sure. He's a third mm-hmm. pairing defenseman. Yes. Yes. Correct. <laughs> he does. He does have a pretty nice fucking release, though. Like his the first goal that he had, that slapper. It literally made me want to go outside and just hit pucks at the garage door. It was blocked. Like that's the best part. Yeah. Is is Braun? I think got in the way of it with his stick, and it yeah. like basically shattered his stick and went in. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was a nice one. It like barely changed direction. Yeah. yeah. yeah just uh. folded folded the stick, but uh. so there was that's a lot fun. of positives. A lot of positives from that first game. Uh, then we move on to Sunday. We come back home and just lay an egg mm-hmm. the effort never felt there we've we've talked multiple times about like we have been missing that 60 minute game like that full complete 60 minute game we felt close to that on saturday mm-hmm. i don't even know if we got 10 minutes on sunday yeah i, I maybe four I, yeah. I might give us four and it was all from the bottom six yeah mm-hmm. uh, it's tough your bottom six and your bottom pairing cannot be the best players on your ice when you're fielding taylor hall Patrice Bergeron, Brad Marchand, and David. If they are like this, is what drove me nuts about the playoffs last year. Is there were games where the bottom six did everything that you asked them to do, everything we've been complaining about, like Mm -hmm. just keep the puck out of the net, get four check going, keep pressure on their side, and then the top six, you're like, okay, the bottom six is doing their thing, they're grinding, like put a couple in. We can't always have the bottom six score in a game. Mm -hmm. Like if your bottom six are your best players in a game, you should have won that game. Like in my head, I don't know. I just no. I no. I think you're onto something there, and the ice time kind of reflected that. The third line kind of played top line minutes. The top line kind of played third line minutes. They were swapped. Yeah, it was very interesting to see the four four times um, after the game against Calgary. Yeah, I don't actually love that though. Even if they're struggling and the energy's not there, that's still an elite elite line considered top three in the league considered top crushed considered top three in the league and yet when you when you look at the even strength time on ice they played about a fourth line clip it was kind of insane it was Mm. it was bad it was bad but Uh, message sent by cassidy yeah that the the silver lining is the bottom six played well in that game Mm. there's a lot of negative coming out and to thomas's point guys we win on saturday and it's three in a row and we're like fuck yeah playing the parade whatever (laughs) everyone's feeling amazing and then we lose one game after winning three and headhunters everyone up like what can we this is not football one game doesn't matter that much i i don't want to complain about fans being passionate because that's what makes the team and the fan base so great it's their right to do as a fan but like save some of it for at least, you know, April the rivalry <laughs> or, or at least the rivalry games. Yeah. yeah. And look, it's, it's not the first time this season that we've had a stinker and there's going to be a dozen more this year. Mm. That's just the nature of the beast. Yeah. Maybe with the schedule starting to get a little bit of balance, we start getting a little bit more of a flow, a little bit more of a rhythm for this team. God, thank Christ. Right. But, I'm, I'm, I'm over these week breaks. Yeah. But I, honestly, dude, sometimes you need nights like Sunday's fucking flaming turd against Calgary. Huh, like nice. sometimes you just that. need that. Uh, oh man, I didn't even intend on that. <laughs> the dad, the dad jokes just flow out of me now, dude. <laughs> Sucks. But honestly, like lots of quote unquote Bruins fans jumping off the bandwagon after last night. It was just brutal to fucking watch. Like honestly, you want to jump off the bandwagon, you want to turn off the game, and not watch it again for a couple weeks. Fine, 
Good. Buy the bandwagon. This, this It'll be lighter and faster as we fly into April, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I want to point out that we're going to get to more about this Flames game, but I want to point out real quickly. We have lost six games, right? We have lost to Philadelphia, who is 16th in point percentage. That's probably the worst loss. Other than that, we've lost to Florida, who's second in the league, Carolina, who's first, Toronto, who's eighth, Edmonton, who's third, and Calgary, who's fifth. I know we're not beating the teams we're supposed to be competing with. Like, I get that, and I'm not happy about that either. But our schedule has been really fucking hard to start the season. We can at least kind of take a step back and go, wow, we've played a gauntlet of good teams. It'd be nice to beat a couple of them, but I think let's I get read, into a rhythm here. I think I read that our combined record of our schedule so far is like something like 74, 28, and 10. Yeah. Well, that's a playoff team. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what did you guys think about the Swayman performance against the Flames? There's been a lot of talk about that. And I have my thoughts about how these goals really look when you're trying to d- dissect a goalkeeper. But what do you got? There was at least two that was the shoulda, coulda, want you to have types. How many times did we talk about this the other week with the Omar thing where save rebound, save, rebound, save, rebound, and you don't fucking clear the puck. And then you have dudes like Bergeron and McAvoy were the ones standing right on top of Swayman and didn't get it clear. And Mangiapane's just right there. Yeah. That third goal was was killer in it fourth shot. The yes. fourth shot of that sequence. That's what I'm talking about, man. Like, it's you have to fucking clear the puck. This is, again, we say every week, you have to help out the goaltending a little bit more. Mm-hmm. You just have to. Whether it's Olmark, whether it's Swayman, whether whatever. It's not just Olmark that's dealing with this shit. It is the defensive pairings and the defensive just mental lapses like we saw last night. Because that was the nail in the coffin. Once they went down 3 nothing, they did not feel in that game at all. Yeah. They just didn't. Like, it sucked the wind out of the crowd, sucked the wind out of the bench. Looking Every single time they panned the camera across the bench, it looked like the worst place to be in the entire arena. That, that fourth goal, that bleeder. Mm-hmm. That was a, that was, that, that was a microcosm I, of the game, dude. Yeah, it right. really was. Yeah. It really fucking was. I actually and, laughed at it. <laughs> I was like, oh, ha, ha. it's even funnier because McAvoy clearly did not get the clear, mm-hmm. right? Edwards is like, did he get that out? I'm like, no, he didn't get that out. That's okay, in no. the net by four inches. Good try, though. I just laughed <laughs> at that point. You've, you've gotten shellacked. The narrative of Ladar outdueling your boy. Like, it's just funny at that point. It is. And Swayman, I think the book is a little bit out on Swayman now. His, and we kind of, Ian, you and I kind of touched on this during the preseason. One of the things that he really needs to work on is that rebound control. It's not great. Like he's, he, like he's good at being square to the shot and He's good at being square to the shot and he's good at tracking the puck on the initial rush. But if you put a well-placed shot, he's still struggling with directing the puck where he wants it to go. Did you see what Cassidy said about that? uh, No. I thought it was really really insightful for a guy who doesn't understand all the the stuff to go with goalies and everything. He said that in, in, in a nutshell, when you have a new goalie like that, a rookie goalie coming into the league, you focus on one thing at a time. It's like a quarterback. You focus on one thing that's easy to do. When a 
rookie goaltender comes up, they're like, I want to make the first save. Never, never don't make the first save. Right. And then you start to teach them the rebound control to position them better. And I know you pick up stuff moving up to this league, but the pace is different and people are way better at shooting them low pad for a perfect bounce with speed to the crashing player. Mm -hmm. I was, it's a little lucky to be able to hit both of those perfect bounces off the pads right to a guy and put it in the net. But at the end of the day, that's stuff that he's going to learn and get better at. You have to remember that he's 17 games in, 18 games in now. That's that's wild, isn't it? That's wild, isn't it? So we have to be okay with watching this goalie struggle at times because he's a rookie. Mm-hmm. He's still he's still in contention for the Calder this year if he lights it up. Like that's the rookie of the year, guys. He's very young, especially by goaltender standards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean the dude basically bypassed the AHL. Yeah, this is this is his AHL season basically right now. Mm-hmm. Do we know how many games he got in the AHL? Nine. 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 Jesus. Yep, nine games, eight and one. One shooter. Eight and one. one yeah, and one, uh, one shutty. What's it like to have a shutty in the uh, NHL? We've seen know. two of them. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one of them was from a guy who used to play for us. And yeah. uh, if the tenor of the fan base is to be believed, that proves that we that we kept the wrong goalie. It's Your crazy. Thoughts? It's crazy, dude, because I remember the last time I was up in Boston, I didn't see a lot of of Ladar jerseys. I know, right? It seems like a lot of people are pulling those things out of the closet and jerking off into the sleeves of them right now because that was (laughs) embarrassing as fuck last night. It really hurts the resale value, guys. Don't do that. (laughs) (laughs) that. From a a jersey collector standpoint, please don't do that to the (laughs) jersey. (laughs) (laughs) I take mine off when I... Never mind. (laughs) (laughs) There's there's something to be said about uh, Vladar. That's his second shutout. That's seven shutouts I'm seeing on our notes. Seven Mm -hmm. for Calgary. Yes. Does that say... What does that say about the goaltending... And what does that really say about the fucking defense? Because that defense did not allow shit last night. On a back-to-back, that defense always had two people in front of you. Always. That was inc- – the Flames are for real. What a team that they, is. They – Sutter Puck. That is Sutter Puck to a T. God, I hate you, the guy. I don't want to give him credit, but yeah. yeah. You, get, you, get four, you get four guys on the line, and they just accordion around the goal mouth. Yeah. Good luck getting anything by. Get good luck getting anything through. Did you see McAvoy in the late in the third period just hammering pucks head high? He was yep. just getting sick of it, so he's like, "I'm gonna kill somebody." Then I'm gonna fucking kill somebody. Well, not for yeah. nothing, dude. I've, I've, I know I put this out on Twitter. Vladar is so quick to go down to his knees and yeah. drop into that position mm-hmm. every fucking time. We're just shooting at his crotch, putting it on on literally right in his chest, right on the logo. Vladar's uh, rebound control was solid last night. But mm-hmm. we didn't even really give him an opportunity to build on that because we just kept fucking shooting it into his chest and he was able to smother it. Do you remember yeah, one tough save he made? Uh, there was two. I, I was keeping a tally because the first one jumped out at me and it was like the middle of the second period. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, that's the first time it was like... Hey, we almost scored. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> right. But yeah, yeah, it didn't look like he, he had a really hard time last night, unfortunately. No, I will say credit to Calgary. They have bought they finally it looked it looked like it was gonna be a struggle, but it looks like they've bought into his system. It looks like mm-hmm. they bought into Daryl Sutter's system. I mean, they're crushing the league right now. And 
to give proper kudos to Vladar, he does look a lot more efficient in movement than we saw last year and the year before. He definitely looked like he has calmed down a little bit. And a lot of that comes from, I've got two guys clearing the puck next to me. Uh, so there's confidence there, but good for him. Seven shutouts in 19 games, guys. That defense is crazy. Yep. <sighs> so let's talk about, so, but we do want to, we do want to address this. There's a reason we got rid of Vladar. <laughs> let's not rewrite history. You can dislike it. That's fine. You can be mad about the decision, whatever. You can be mad at Sweeney. I guess I don't really give a shit. We had Swayman and Vladar as our goalies going into the season against a stacked Atlantic and a potential 16 battle for those top three spots. We weren't sure what we were getting yet. Fireball offense. (laughs) Fireball offense. They had combined. I think they had 15 games in the NHL combined. Between Volodar and uh, Swayman. 10 and 5. We had to sign a veteran. Now, people are yelling, well, why didn't you sign a cheaper veteran? We went for a guy that we think is and still think is the real deal to be at very worst a really good backup for the next four years on a manageable contract, even if Rask comes back. This was so obvious the move. I didn't realize Olmark was in the play. None of us did, right? That was a shocking signing. We all thought we were going to get a cheap veteran. But we were all excited about it because that's a good goalie. I still think that. We needed to make a move to extend the cup window. That's what we did. We addressed an issue. Rask was no guarantee. People keep saying it's a guarantee. Good, great. Hopefully he has no setbacks. I really hope it is a guarantee. But it was never a guarantee. That's not how that works. Andrew, you want to jump in? You've got you've got this look on your face. No, no, no. It's 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 more just that like the thing that people need to sort of realize is that even if it's a ninety nine percent chance that Rask is coming back, Sweeney cannot operate on a ninety nine percent probability in that sort of situation. He can't. Imagine wasting a year of Bergeron's career like that. Mm-hmm. So here's my bit. On that, I was expecting a cheap goalie. We had an entire section of the of your guest spot, um, Ian, when you jumped on, where we were, where we did like the free agency, where we were going through the goaltenders. Mm-hmm. And he wasn't on the list. He wasn't on the list because we thought he was too rich. He took less money and less term to come here. He was the top goaltender in the free agent market. That's why the no move clause is there, by the That's way. That's why the no move clause is there. The other one, the other options, Braden Holtby on a three-year downturn. Uh, and then Reimer, Anderson, Bernier. Those would be like, those would be whatevers. The fan base needs to understand if you want to prop this window open if he had gone for a cheap veteran backup to augment Swayman or augment Vladar, whatever you want to do, that's not keeping the window open. You guys, you people, <laughs> you people, you people want Sweeney to go for it every single year. And he does. And you still complain. 
Well, it's revisionist. That's that's the problem. Revisionist seeing, history. You're seeing what what Vladar is doing right now again in front of an amazing defense. Great amazing wall defense. Yep. Um, but if you really wanted to, and by the way, you said 15 games. It was 13 yes, games yes. last year. It was. Thir- oh, I, I was Swayman? talking full career. I was talking. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you're talking about two dudes who have not even played 10 games in their NHL career. This fan base would have lost their shit if that was the tandem that they went into the season with. Just like you're saying, you want uh, us as a fan base want Sweeney and the Bruins to go for it every year. It doesn't look like you're going for it on paper if you have that as your tandem. So anybody who saw Vladar's five starts last year or five games last year and said that this guy can be our one or our two is literally lying to themselves or they're dumb as rocks. Also, uh, Olmark's no no trade clause is two years and then mm-hmm. it's a um, it's a no trade clause with the lists for the last two years. Yeah. Modified, modified, no trade clause. Which, for the last two which years. by the way, is, is the design because they still see Swayman as the guy mm-hmm. going forward. Exactly. He kind of is the guy right now, period. Yeah. So again, you in can another two years, Olmark may not be on this team and we may have somebody else. Maybe, maybe if things work out, Kaiser is up here, you know, he's having a tough season. He is, but <laughs> sometimes, sometimes you need a little bit of development because guess what? Flodar had some tough seasons in the minors. You got to see what you got to see. And us as, as dildo podcasters and all these people on Twitter who think they know better than our front office, our goalie coach, you know what I mean? Like they're seeing what Vladar was capable of. Was it worth giving him another contract or walking in? Maybe it was because he was a decent player, but they didn't, they didn't forecast him to be this unstoppable force. And guess what guys, he's going to come down to earth a little bit. And we'll probably talk about this in like three months. And Vladar's going to be in a tough stretch because there's going to be an injury or two on that defense, or he's going to be a little bit dinged up. It is the national hockey league. These things fly up and they fly down just as fast. We just saw that Saturday, starts. Sunday. Yeah. I think he's had five starts this season. Yep. Yeah. Two shutties now, though. Fuck, man. Mm-hmm. He's, <laughs> but he had that 8 3 3, I think, in the first game. So, yeah. yes. you know, ups and downs. Yep. Look, like, none of us gonna, are going to. It's going to happen for our guys, too. It already is happening. You know yeah. what I mean? Yep. None of us are going to say that you have to agree with every move Sweeney made. You don't even have to agree with trading Vladar. That's fine. What bothers us is the fact that people are, as Thomas said, rewriting the situation of why it happened and why at the time and even now in hindsight, really good fucking idea. I do not think Vladar has those numbers behind our defense this early in the season. I don't think it's anywhere close to that. And Swayman has had his ups and downs too. You add two losses to this team. If you add two losses, take away two wins, add two losses, we are really looking at this going, oh, fuck, what did we do? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just, I think there's a lot of a lot of rewriting going on, which isn't fair to the front office or to anyone around. A couple of years down the road, if you want to say, oh, look how dumb they are, fine. But if you want to keep bringing up the 2015 draft, that's your own headache. I, <laughs> I, I can't, they can't do it anymore. Yeah. Uh, but they have done a lot to take swings to, to keep this con- contention up. Mm-hmm. And uh I say so far, so good. We knew this would be a slow start to the season. Having a nine and six record with that combined record um, on our schedule to start the year, I'll take it. And as we're going to start getting into a groove, we're going to see more of the identity 
that Cassidy and to a lesser extent Bergeron have been saying that we have, that we are. Yeah. So now that we don't have a real extended break until February, now we get to see what the team's really made of starting on Wednesday. And our depth will, I'm sure in a few weeks, we're going to be talking about some injuries, mm-hmm. but we're going to be seeing some guys come up. I still think Stanika and Lauko and, and Nashawn, like we're going to see them and we'll see what the next wave of Bruins is going to look like. Steen There's going to be a lot to talk about. Steen engine, baby. Steen engine. I know. You I believe that was Thomas's nickname for him. Great name. Uh, yeah, I'm going to give you credit there. Great name. Speaking of, speaking of, uh, Speaking of Thomas nailing stuff. Slow down. My wife listens to this. <laughs> Speaking of, I, I should have I said wish. that. Speaking of Thomas nailing stuff. Hi, Grace. <laughs> Guys, I wish that we put the video up for this because that was the most deadpan Thomas moment. Where he just, <laughs> that was some nice delivery. Oh, you love to see it. You've been kind of on a heater with predicting people, go, uh, players going off the schneid. You got another one for this week? Uh, Schneid. The Schneid. Uh, it's, it's, it's not necessarily that I'm predicting it. It's I'm like willing it into existence. Mm-hmm. So if I can say that, I'm willing into an ex- existence uh, a shuddy when we go up to Buffalo on Wednesday. Like that's, that's what I need to see. I want to see the defense. I want to see the defense play like they were embarrassed. That's what I want to see. I want to see them play not just angry. I want them to look like they fucking feel like they're embarrassed. Well, not for nothing, but Columbus just dropped a seven spot on Buffalo and <sighs> Buffalo starting to look like the team that I thought they were going to be. Yeah. Too little, so, too late, but they have so much up. time. So if we want to jump into predictions on that aspect, they just gave up seven to Columbus and you haven't predicted to lose seven to two. You think the Bruins are going to go seven two? So you think they're going to give up seven goals in two straight games? I love that. I love mm-hmm. that for you, Andrew. I love yeah. it so much. Yep. <laughs> Keep it. Keep it. Ian, what did what do you have? Uh, uh, motherfucker, you have you have a fucking four nothing shutty. No, no. Wait, what am I looking at? Did I find looking, it somewhere? You wrote it down on the. If you want to amend that, that is completely wasted fine. by your own petard. No, no, no. Like I, I literally have a different Google Doc. I don't know what I'm looking at right now. We're in the same Google Doc. I'm looking at upcoming week Sabers five four overtime win. Ian, we're in the same Google Doc. Uh, the short shift bets. Yep, that's where I'm at. In a, under uh, section three at Sabers, Andrew seven two, Thomas is blank. Ian four zero. Oh, I changed win. it. I changed it. No, you got to look at upcoming week now. I changed it. <laughs> Hold on there. I'm setting Thomas up for failure. Fuck. Like I, I gotta still, go back and listen. I'm still showing for nothing, but so you're at five two? I'm a five four overtime win. I think this one gets dicey. Five four. Ugh. Yeah. I am sick of predicting shutouts and it not happening. So I'm mm-hmm. not predicting shutouts anymore. And once it happens, you can thank me for not predicting yeah. it. I'm gonna go ahead and take that shutout. I'll say three nothing. I want mm-hmm. I want an angry defensive game. I want an embarrassed defensive game. Let's fucking do it. And then we get the Rangers at home. Black Friday. Mm-hmm. Let's go. I'm, I'm, I, I, for one, hope that this, that they renew this tradition and they keep it actually a yearly, the yearly game, Black Friday, Rangers, Bruins, because they were doing it for a while and then they stopped. I, 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 we, we need a shutty at some point. 
Guys, don't. I'm telling you, it's not going to happen. <laughs> we need a shuddy at some point. I think the Rangers would be a perfect shuddy candidate right on national TV. We're going to get shut out by the Rangers. God damn it. Yep. Three nothing Bruins. Okay. Rangers shuddy. Okay. Go ahead, Ian. Uh, I have a 2 0 shuddy. <laughs> <laughs> It was a bit. I set you guys up so good. You didn't see it coming. <laughs> uh, 4-2 dub. Right. Yep. I can respect it. Yeah, I'll take I'll take that. I I'll take we're that. not gonna we're not gonna shut out the Rangers. It's not necessarily a big rivalry game in the, in the grand scheme of things, but it is a game, Boston versus New York. Mm-hmm. Players get up for that. The energy in that arena will be up for it. Mm-hmm. Uh and the Rangers aren't a terrible team. And a goaltending uh, is good. Yeah. Yeah, no, goaltending not named Georgiev is yes, good. Georgiev is yeah. having a hard one right oh, now. Oh, is he? I haven't looked. That's, He's that's been on me. bad. I also looked that up. Before we uh, move on, all we have... Whoa, 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 whoa. Canucks. Well, no, before we move on to the Canucks. Oh, okay, all right. We all have wins. I mean, mine's an overtime win against the Sabres, but that's that's two wins. All of us have two wins. And the Canucks are terrible. Does does anyone have a loss here? Are we all going? Oh my God, we're all going through. We're getting crushed this week. Oh yes. no! Yeah, we're cursing this team. I have a six-one dub against oh. the Canucks. Who scores the only goal for the Canucks? Uh, and why is it? And why is it Connor up. Garland? Oh no! Uh, <laughs> uh, God, if Pullman scores against us, I, I think I might have a literal aneurysm, but it'll be fine. <laughs> Six one, we're crushing them. Four one, three one. I'm going three one. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to be a little bit tired towards the end of that week, mm-hmm. but but I don't think there's any question, at least on this podcast, that the Bruins are a better team than the Canucks, and we are a better team than what what we showed against Calgary. And I think that that is going to be a turning point in this season. I think we need to go on. We just came off of a three-game win streak. Let's go right back on one. Let's yeah. let's, let's give me a good week. Just give me yes. a good fucking week. I want to have a happy conversation next week when we record. Everybody, three beatable teams. Three everybody, beatable teams. Everybody's bitching about the Calgary game. Perspective. Perspective taking time a little bit. We beat a very beatable Buffalo Sabres team, and we're up to four out of five. Let's breathe. Yeah. Yeah. I Look... All of these teams are very beatable. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Rangers have a really good record, but you look at some of their underlying stuff and you go, Jesus, you are winning a lot of really close games. You guys mm-hmm. are going to fall back to earth a little bit. Um, I, I, I think we're better than all three of these teams, and I really hope we show that. Being home for the Canucks is nice uh, just because the travel is brutal. We, we haven't really talked about this since before the season started, but now players are starting to bring it up more. Why the fuck didn't they do the season series? I'm just going to get angry if we really actually dive into this conversation. We don't have to, but Jesus, you look at some of these literally the stupidest fucking league when it comes to shit. Like they did something so smart and then acted like they were going to do it. I'm going to get mad. I'm going to get mad. But here's the worst part is we've had a bunch of home games to start the season. We haven't had a lot of travel. Mm Mm-hmm. Later in the season, I mean, we finished the season with five and seven. We have 16 games in the month of January. Like, 
we're going to be flying all over the place. It's not even just going to be, wow, you have a really packed schedule. It's like, no, we have a really packed schedule and we're on the road the whole fucking time. Yep. We can't complain. The Islanders just had a home game and got shellacked in it. Um, Seattle had to spend some time. Calgary was on the back end of a seven game road trip. I think back to back too. God, you think we could have had a better effort against them, but Mm -hmm. bottom six looks good. Top six is going to wake up. The defense looks nice. Goaltending is going to get better. Let's go. I'm excited. Sorry. This team's good. And I believe that you want me to, you wanted me to uh, kind of manifest somebody winning or somebody, uh, Somebody stepping it up. I'm going to go ahead and just say pasta again for the third fucking time, because every time I say it, he does score one goal. That's what I want to see. I want to see pasta have a fantastic week. I don't want to just see one goal. I don't want to just see and do not for nothing. That pasta goal the other night after that penalty on that face off. That was what a brutal. fucking brutal call. Look, that dude, was. I felt bad for the flyers there. I really did. Cause of course we're going to score on it. Right. Of course we're going to yeah. score on it. That, that play wasn't why Philadelphia lost, but no. that, that did put that game out of fucking reach. Mm-hmm. And Philadelphia fans have a lot of ammunition to complain about that game. And I completely fucking, I, I'm with them on it. Like yeah. there was, there was a number of calls throughout the game that went the wrong way on both of us. Yeah. Both teams. always, yeah. but it did seem that Philadelphia, I, I just don't understand how you don't look at that and fix it. I, I think it was Jaffe after the game, either you review it, every, like everything or just eliminate the review. It's stupid. Like I hate the offsides review. It's just, it's a mess out there right now. And <laughs> I will say again, I'm with you on that Flyers point. Fans have a really hard time admitting when their team had an advantage when it comes to the referees. Mm-hmm. Like I will say it sometimes, and it's twice actually over the past two weeks. That I've said the Bruins have gotten the better side of the rest of this one. And people will be in my mentions like, dude, Oh, what about this missed call? And this yeah. missed call. I'm like, why is it so bad to just say, Hey, wow, we kind of got a break on that one. Yeah. It's going to come back around. You can't bitch about officiating and never admit it goes your way. Sometimes yep. the universe the always flyer, evens out on that one, but the flyer fan base, at puck drop booed the refs yep like <laughs> did you were, hear did you hear the massive cheer when he ate when shit? he fell down yeah and i'm sitting there like oh wow well, you can't get a call in the third how weird yeah. of a circumstance as your why what happened yeah it's awful <laughs> i just i thought that was hilarious i know bruins fans do it too at times but this particular flyer crowd hated these zebras big yep. time mm-hmm. uh, oh. Passionate and, fan base. Yes. <laughs> Show good restraint, not throwing batteries at them. Yeah. As, as much as Flyers fans piss us off, it is 100% a mirror image of our own. There are blood. Base. I think we call them. There are blood brothers. Yeah. They are our blood brothers. Super, super yeah. similar. Well, I don't want to join in on this, but sure. Whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I hate the Flyers. It's true. I hate the pens. I just like fuck that whole state. <laughs> Man, you just hate a lot of locations. Right? I do, man. Canada that's can the go Boston. fuck itself. That's the Bostonian in me. Is I just shit on every other city at any opportunity. <laughs> You're like, a local from Boston, and then I'll go there. Like I went to Emily Arena and had to deal with Lightning fans, and I, me and Lightning fans, just don't get along. But Emily Arena is great. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's a great arena, and it's the the common area outside is awesome. This yep. roomy, it's. Oh, it's great. And I left it and be like, fuck that place. 
Yep. <laughs> Mostly really liked it. Not, <laughs> not because not because it's a bad arena. It's just filled with stupid assholes. Yeah, it's, it's stupid filled assholes. with people. It's like I, I, I like going to games because I like hockey. And it's like that arena is filled with a bunch of people who just don't really care about fucking hockey until the end of the season. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's yeah. when they get really excited. That's actually me at Fenway. Yep. Like once the postseason <laughs> comes around, like I don't give a shit about baseball if I'm gonna be honest. And then the postseason comes around, I'm like fucking yes, <laughs> Hernandez. I great season for Hernandez. Kick <laughs> 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 Oh man. Uh, what else we got? I don't think we That's have anything it, else. Man. This is an easy one. I did, think, did we right? we 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 forgot to convert wee, this wee, into a wee, 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 wee. we forgot to convert this into a Preds podcast. Uh, there'll no, there'll, there'll be some editing with that, so don't worry about it. Oh, okay, good. That's two games, yeah. Fun. Two games, really. Like, if we, do, if we have three games, I feel like it adds 20 minutes. Anything that we were going to really harp on was going to be really negative shit. So, yeah. Yeah. unfortunately, like, I, it's it's amazing to me how much fun I had watching the game on Saturday. And then I just did not have a good time on Sunday. And I get that. People are going to be mad. People are going to complain and stuff like that. But... There was a lot of infighting on Twitter, and today I took a little bit of a break. I'm sure Ian took a little bit of a break. As I had to. There was there's some people who can sit there and give you a good, honest debate, and then there's other people that I just have to block, follow, or block, mute, and just just nicked That's out face. of my life. Well, I I had I was talking to I think Dollar Bill or something like that. Yeah, Dollar Dollar Bill. And we had it ended with me being like, "Look, we're going to disagree. Good debate." Yep. Because it was, and it got intense at moments, but like we were talking about it and we disagreed on the fundamentals of the argument. So neither side was actually going to be able to, to connect. Yep. Uh, but he was absolutely knowledgeable about the team. Yes. And yep. I think he was still doing some hindsight stuff. He didn't see it that way, but at least it wasn't something toxic. Cause I would be, I get pissed yep. and I don't respond to that stuff because I get mad bad mm-hmm. when that kind of shit starts. I really do my, my best to not engage in conversations like that. Normally the second I see like a really stupid, like negative comment, just a, like just a general thought, not even directed at me or, or the podcast or one of you guys or anybody else in the BNG umbrella or anything like that. Like if I just see stupid negativity for the sake of just being a blowhard, you unfollow like whatever man like it's just i don't need that on the timeline like you 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 just hang yourself out to dry when you stay say stupid shit like that because you know my fucking internal instinct is i'm gonna screenshot that and i'm gonna fucking put my notifications on for you because the second (laughs) the second you say anything that goes against the point that you were just trying to make for a couple of fucking likes or retweets this you it's done dude Yeah. yeah Yeah. So <laughs> I've I've tried to eliminate that part of Twitter from my life because Twitter's tough, man. Uh, our, our boy, it's addicting. Our, uh, that's exactly what I was about to say. Our boy uh, Angelo literally said mm-hmm. that today. He's like, it's addicting, man. Like it's it's tough. Uh, but he was having a conversation uh, with a guy named Clark Clark Neil Clark Lyon. Neil. Lyon. Yeah, he's and awesome. I I like I literally it was the first thing I read when I woke up this morning, and I just had to be, I just had to like just point out like thank you both for being reasonable and logical fans because coming off the calgary game there was there was not a lot of logic i always i always have time for clark and angelo they're both really really good dudes clark is actually a former uh, x games gold medalist no shit wow yep uh uh, inline skating i believe damn yeah 
Shout out Clark, I guess. Yeah, I yeah no, he's great. He's I got to follow him, I guess, if I don't yeah. already. Good thing about Twitter, though, is when people have those things, we just go, oh, God. And then you look over their profile and go, oh, wait, I don't, you don't offer anything to my timeline at all. Like, I don't know why I follow you. You don't actually, you don't bring any information because I try to strictly be a, a hockey Twitter. Mm-hmm. If you don't bring me hockey news, I probably I, don't follow you. Mm-hmm. And it's not even like a mean thing. I, I have people who follow me who I don't follow back because I'm like, I don't, I don't mean to be rude, but like, you're not going to post anything that I haven't already seen Yeah, because I'm following all of the same shit that you are (laughs) (laughs) on the, uh, on the opposite side. I follow, follow back almost everybody who follows the podcast just because I want to see what the fan base is like. That's, that's different. Yeah. It's taking the temperature of our fan base. And I will say well, short of a few people that I either mute or just end up fucking unfollowing at some point a good chunk of our fan base is completely reasonable, com- completely logical. You got people like Chris out there constantly, like uh, being involved in conversations, stuff like that, throwing her two cents in. Krista calls herself our den mother. And I think that's the cutest. Absolutely. Thing. Absolutely, man. She's great. Yeah. She's the best. I, I, I love our fan base. I really do. I love the fan base that we've cultivated. It's it's. Or have they cultivated us? Oh shit. Oh, oh shit. Andrew's, Andrew's actually a, re- a robot and he just went down to Nashville to get his, uh, his boots recharged. I could be convinced of that. New yeah. boot goofing. <laughs> God. <laughs> All right, boys. So we got our predictions in. We got our our feelings out. Mm-hmm. That's that's what we're here for. Let's let's have a good week. Let's be mm-hmm. positive. Goose Fraba, baby. Goose Fraba, baby. Let's get Zen. <laughs> let's get Zen up in this bitch. But I don't know what that means. Go bees. <laughs> Go bees. Wait, Ian. What do you have to plug? Uh, well, quality Bruins fans on 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 YouTube. YouTube is the site I use. That's it. That's all I got. All right. Okay, I cool. panicked. <laughs> All right, boys. Till next week. Yes, sir. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. That's oh, right. shit. Thanksgiving is this week. Fuck. Redneck shit.